week off back at it with the council roundup on the wmay morning news feed i'm greg bishop council roundup brought to you by head west subs when you want a great sub you've got to head west the downtown location now open for lunch head west subs let's get right into it a lot to cover including a bit of an interruption during the meeting from some union members Demanding uh, contract negotiations, and uh, they say a fair contract. We'll get to that, plus uh, some cheerleading going on uh, or some some pom-pom work. Either way, you, you talk about it. Uh, when it comes to attracting business to the to the community. Uh, so we'll get to all of that and more, but let's hear first from the Treasurer's report for last night's Committee of the Whole. Here is Treasurer Misty Busher from last night's City Council meeting. The corporate fund in the month of June had a beginning balance of $38,043,112. We took in total receipts of $21,648,412. We had total disbursements in the month of June of $21,020,672, which left the corporate fund with an ending balance in the month of June of $38,670,852. So again, a lot of that money is from the um, ARPA dollars, the American Rescue Plan Act dollars that are federal dollars, about $17 million of that. Are they going to continue including that in the uh, ongoing uh, Treasurer's Report? Uh, I think there's some debate about that, but of course that's dollars that uh, can only go for specific purposes. Uh, and uh, they've got the first tranche of it. I think Springfield's getting about $33 million. Uh, and when I was gone on vacation, uh, it appears that uh, the state is looking at getting some federal dollars that are supposed to go to smaller communities out. Uh, so we'll keep track of that and see where, where that's at. Uh, but uh, let's continue on now with a lot of other stuff going on at the city council, including ordinances to consider, because it was the committee of the whole last night where it's the first reading of ordinances. They determine where it's going to go, either on consent or on debate. Uh, here's an ordinance for um, redesigning the zoning office and making it more accessible uh, on the first floor and also online. For design services for Municipal Center West, one-stop shop, interior renovations for an amount not to exceed $34,765 for the Office of Public Works. With consent. So that's just part of the cost, 30 some odd thousand dollars. Here's Nate Bottom, Public Works. Uh, the plan is to basically get um, the, the building and zoning department down to the first floor, some of the area, as well as our uh, motor vehicle parking down to the first floor, um, just so for safety purposes, so that uh, the majority of the public coming in um, will just come to the first floor. They won't have to go up to the second or third floor. So making it a little bit more easy for people uh, who need to get those services for zoning and building permits and, and whatnot from public works. Here's Alderman Hanauer with some questions. The planning and zoning and all that, we're trying to go to online um, where they can, pre they can submit things online to where they do not have to come in. Um, I would imagine with like tickets and stuff, we would, that's something we could look at as well or you know with parking I don't know what I'm just I just want to make sure we 
we got to get out of this mindset that people got to come down here to do business. They, we got to start getting it to where people can do it online. Now, uh, not everybody's down with uh, having it all online. We'll hear some of those concerns, but uh, talking about streamlining this, here's Alderman Hanauer. It costs them money. They got to park. They got to take some time. When, when a lot of other cities are doing it more efficiently, and you don't have to have the person-to-person contact as well. And we still are moving ahead, too, with online permit and plan review or just wrapping up the uh, new version of CityWork so that we can integrate the data um, and move ahead with the Highland on-base plan, permit and plan review, too. Alderman Redpath had questions about office space. The first floor of the uh, the, the city building, uh, it's got a variety of different operations already. CWLPs on that first floor. The treasurer's office is on that first floor. If we're going to be moving public works from the second floor to the first floor or the third floor to the first floor, whichever floor it's on now, uh, who's going to be moved? What's happening So there? where are you going to locate this that it's not going to disrupt those? Yep. So the tentative plan is in the kind of where ISD is. Um, that's down on the first floor on, south, on the southeast portion of it. That's ISD is kind of like uh, the, the the IT department for the city. Correct. Yes, they they would necessarily be transferred to to the third floor because they don't have the public access needed. They that they need. Okay. That's correct. As well as the administrative division for CWLP, they can move up to the third floor, and then the housing division over there is okay. the tentative plan. It's still a work in progress. Still a work in progress. How much is this total work going to cost? What is the anticipated total cost of the project? Uh, Five hundred to six hundred thousand dollars. This is put on debate. <laughs> That's a lot of money. Uh, so that was Alderman Donnellan uh, asking how much it would ultimately cost. Now back to the idea of streamlining things and making it more accessible online. Uh, and there's an effort, of course, to make that happen. But what does that mean for those who aren't internet savvy? Uh, Alderman John Fulgenzi has those concerns. A certain percentage of people, maybe 20, 30 percent of people that can't navigate the internet like some of us can, and I may not be one of them. <laughs> the thing of it is, we just have to consider everybody, and they, they can't they can't co- comprehend the internet. So I, I think we need to do both. They can't comprehend the internet. You know, they, there are some of those out there, yeah, and they want to make building changes as well, and they want to do zoning changes as well. So uh, you still have to have that option. And Alderman McMiniman recognizing that, that sometimes people need that face-to-face interaction to sort through a whole host of things. You know, they got to come in. They can't risk putting it on online because that might take longer than coming in in person. You got to talk with a particular person or uh, give some documentation to make something happen faster sometimes. You know, so we got to accommodate, I think, both sets of situations. So I think uh, it's expensive, but this is a long-term investment that'll go 10, 20 years. So um, it, it, lo- it looks like a lot of money, but spread over 10, 20 years, it, it, it looks more reasonable. It's like half a million dollars plus uh, for those renovations and whatnot. Uh, Alderman Hanauer with some more concerns. If this would get permits out in one day, I'd be all over it. But we know that's not going to happen. Permits take longer than what we all want it to happen. And uh, the complaints that we've gotten from, from uh, developers and from builders and and you know, is we see more and more, and you know, your department's stressed and, and that, and you know, with the way we do things by hand, it, that causes permits to take longer. 
but still $500,000 is a lot of money mm-hmm. for, for this. Alderman Donilon chiming in with some of his concerns as well. And what are we doing? We're preventing someone from getting into an elevator that's closer to the front door and going up one more level for five hundred dollars or $600,000. I mean, in all fairness, if you could demonstrate to us, you know, and I know that's the purpose of this design, but what it is going to entail, uh, how it is going to make anything more efficient, it'd be much easier to consider. He says that that's a lot of money, um, half a million dollars. How are we going to be utilizing those dollars when there are other needs elsewhere throughout the city? I mean, there's plenty of projects we have infrastructure related that uh, would be good to invest this money uh, into. Alderman DeCenso uh, raising the same concerns that Alderman Fulgenzi raised about Internet access and some people not being computer savvy. As we found out throughout this pandemic, not everyone has reliable internet service. So it's pretty naive of us to, to sit here and say, let's just put it all online. Yes, ideally in a perfect world, that would be how it works. But you have to account for the people that don't have the internet service or don't know how to use it and do want to come in and have questions answered. That is a service we have to provide. You have to. I mean, it's a, it's a taxpayer service. It's it's not like a service that you know somebody has as an option, right? I mean, if a, if a property owner wants to do some changes and do some construction on their own property, they have to get you know a building permit. If they want to change zone, they have. To, there's no other option. Government has that monopoly. <laughs> uh, it's not like you can have a choice between multiple zoning departments, right? I mean, no. Government has that monopoly. Monopoly uh, on zoning has that monopoly on building and 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 giving those permits uh, with the with the the threat of force. <laughs> Economic sanctions is definitely a method of force. So they have that monopoly, and if they have that monopoly and it's funded by you, the taxpayer, then they have to provide the option of not just online, but that face-to-face option as well. Uh, here's Alderman Redpath with concerns. We have some, we have some internal problems uh, with our processes that would probably go better and I know the mayor's addressed this before because frankly uh, taking six weeks or, or three months to get permits to build something is ridiculous yeah. we got to try to streamline that process and so I know that's part of it, what they're going to work on. Because so. that costs money, right? I mean, every day uh, costs dollars for uh, a developer, for even a homeowner, uh, being able to you know build upon uh, their property and, and so on. Uh, it's uh, it's a lot of uh, a lot of time and attention needed. So they need to have as efficient possible um, you know outcomes uh, that they can. Uh, that again, that they pay for uh, for for government services. Uh, Mayor Jim Langfelder saying that, uh, you know, there's there's one thing that they need to focus on as well. And that's in this age of pandemic uh, where you have to ensure that people are safe. One is safety. You know, it eliminates the need to wander throughout the building. The other one is with regards to the coronavirus, as all of them descend so alluded to, you know, uh, we're on the verge of a um, uh, escalation right now. Uh, we've been hearing about that for past few days, if not past few weeks. All right, take a quick break. Come back with more council roundup from last night's meeting. Brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. We talk about your life and your money. Listen live weekdays at 1 on WMAY 92.7, 94.7, and 970 a.m. 
Back with the Council Roundup on the WMAY Morning News Feed. I'm Greg Bishop. After having a week and a half off, come back with the Council Roundup. Last night, plenty of stuff to talk about, including ordinances for consideration. And uh, we'll also hear about uh, the, the homeless situation, how to tackle that and more. But here is last night's where an ordinance was brought up and there was a bit of an interruption. Again, this is the Council Roundup on the WMAY Morning News Feed. I'm Greg Bishop. Here is the uh, Council Clerk, Frank Lesko, reading out an ordinance from last night. From Zoll Medical Corporation, an amount not to exceed $349,684.17 for the Water Fair Department. Move for consent. It's not a good way to get your point across. We pay taxes too. It is. We pay taxes, we want our money. We patch potholes, we blow the stone, we do all the work. Come to the table. Come to the table. <coughs> come to the table, come out and patch, patch potholes with us. Start out the heat, pick up the branches of the leaf bag with the citizens want. So that was, uh, of course, some uh, union members interrupting last night's uh, Committee of the Whole, demanding a fair contract, they say, demanding that they want their money. Uh, and, uh, of course, the uh, Committee of the Whole chairman, uh, John Fulgenzi, Alderman, uh, saying that that's not a great way to get their message across. Here's Alderman McMiniman responding to that. I've been on this council 10 years. I don't recall but two or three times when our meetings have been disrupted like that, and it's, it's unacceptable, and I hope... Uh, the AFSCME folks uh, recognize that uh, once they do it, everybody might think they can do that type of thing. And we just have to have standards, and uh, we have to respect one another. So we're in the, com- in the middle of a conversation here, and I think the AFSCME leader is the one who yelled into the, into the speakerphone out of turn. So um, I hope that gets communicated to him. That's just unacceptable. I agree. So um, they left that there, and they revisited a little bit later on about the status of contract negotiations, but uh, maybe we unpack this a bit later throughout the week to get your take on whether that's the best type of approach to get their point across as union members and as some of you are out there being yourselves, public employee union members. Do you feel that that's appropriate? Uh, so we'll talk about that uh, in the in the days ahead, uh, but the council does revisit the issue of contract negotiations a bit later in the council meeting. We'll get to that. But next up for consideration, last night's Springfield City Council meeting, here's the ordinance. $1,200,903.18 to provide funds to assist in the Salvation Army in operating a safety net shelter for the next 24 months with a grant agreement for 50% and a CDBG sub-recipient agreement for 50% of the requested appropriation for the Office of Planning and Economic Development. Mr. Chair, I mo- uh, move to hold this in committee. So that was Alderman Sean Gregory uh, asking to hold an ordinance freeing up $1.2 million for the continuum of care to deal with those who are experiencing homelessness. He explained some of why he wants to hold this in committee. I would, I would say that we need to hold this because I, I think that 
I'm not arguing with the holding. I'm just asking, since we have someone from the continuum of care who signed up to speak, I would like to. That's fine. I'm good with it. But I think they need to discuss it among themselves first and, and really come up with the plan and then come back and, and discuss it. But that's fine. We okay, then, to do it. Chair, I think we need a motion to discuss. Then. Motion for discussion, please. All right. So discussion happening. They had the speaker there from the continuum of care. All right. Thank you, everybody. I won't take up too much for your time, but my name is Josh Sabo, and I'm the coordinator of the Heartland Continuum of Care. And I want to start by saying we're grateful that the city of Springfield is willing to consider an investment of $1.2 million uh, in our system to address homelessness. A strategic investment of that size could have a significant impact toward functionally ending homelessness in our community. Earlier this year, the Heartland Continuum of Care put together a formal work group to develop a short-term strategy. And that work uh, began to, to start to lay out some immediate steps we could take while we also develop a long-term strategy to address homelessness. And I'm excited to say that that long-term planning process has already begun with review of our local data. Uh, we'll begin uh, assembling the steering committee that will guide that process. And in the coming weeks, uh, interviews and focus groups will begin. We expect that'll happen uh, in August. So so uh, conversations ongoing uh, in the speaker last night from the continuum of care um, saying that they don't have all the details yet and they need some of those details. This long-term planning is incredibly important and it'll begin to inform our decision-making in the next six months on the issue of homelessness. Uh, but while that work is underway, there are key short-term strategy improvements uh, we can make with confidence. Investing in appropriate amounts of supportive housing are, are never a bad idea. I know you've heard about that several times, uh, specifically rapid rehousing and permanent supportive housing. A lot of our conversation as a community revolves around emergency shelter, and that's often the case in communities that have not adequately invested in supportive housing. Expanding shelter alone, though, creates a scenario uh, where our system to address homelessness is stuck due, a lack, due to a lack of appropriate supportive housing. But again, uh, some of the questions still unanswered about this ordinance and how much its $1.2 million. What's all going to be involved in this? Uh, we, we did not have the opportunity to be involved in the development of this ordinance, and significant questions remain about what exactly is being proposed. In meeting with the Salvation Army and our continuum board today, uh, there is unanimous support for encouraging you to hold this ordinance in committee, uh, while the Heartland Continuum of Care works uh, collaboratively with the Salvation Army uh, to bring a proposal for before you. Uh, we plan to have that proposal to you by the end of next week, a proposal that we believe will uh, most acutely address the local needs we have. So we're likely going to hear more about this, but of course, Alderman had their say as well last night. We'll get to that and much more from last night's Springfield City Council Committee of the Whole. Back with the Council Roundup, brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Now 7.38, I'm Greg Bishop in last night's council meeting, about an hour and a half. And there was a lot of discussion about the continuum of care, $1.2 million to offer up uh, two years worth of services for those experiencing homelessness. But there's not really a crystal clear plan in, in place uh, to be able to ha make that happen. So it's kind of back to the drawing board, so to speak. And hopefully within the next week, we get more clarity on how those tax dollars will ultimately be spent. Uh, here's Alderman Chuck Redpath from last night's meeting uh, raising some questions. So it's not necessarily that you're opposed to this. We're not opposed to overflow shelter, okay. certainly not. We're not opposed to working with Salvation Army. Again, they were a part of that conversation. Today. Alderman McMiniman have some questions. We want it as soon as possible because we want a location that those that are on the unsheltered streets 
can get to a place as soon as possible. So uh, good luck with your efforts and uh, hope, hope to get us there. And yeah, we'll see if uh, the continuum of care, once this uh, $1.2 million is freed up, uh, how they can uh, best uh, pull together the resources necessary. Uh, here's Alderman Sean Gregory, who motioned to keep this measure in committee uh, while more uh, details can be discussed. For whatever reason, whatever everybody has a problem with the mayor, nobody wants to meet with the man on, on a problem that, that um, you guys are going to need the city support on. So that's what's making this process difficult. Um, I spoke on this in January about the need for it. And he's been pretty adamant in discussing the, the need for some kind of wraparound services for those experiencing homelessness. Uh, to the continuum, uh, here's Alderman Gregory. I, I believe in you um, and your leadership for this continuum of care, but the way this thing is going, it, it sucks. It's terrible. As a new guy in politics, this whole situation, how we doing this, this sucks. I'm very frustrated with it. You know, and, and I hope when we come back, we have a really, really good plan. He says that uh, he's on the ground. He sees this. It's impacting his ward, his ordinance. Is, uh, uh, this ordinance is something that's going to change the direction. Uh, but it has to have, uh, you know, some real clear guidance and guidelines and mileposts and, and so on uh, because it's impacting people within his ward. Our community, War two has really dealt with the brunt of this for a very long time, you know, and, and, and I want to move forward from it. I want to help people do it. Um, but the way it's going right now, we're just going to keep doing this circle, 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 unless I think the Salvation Army is in the continuum of care, correct? Absolutely. And they should probably be sitting there with you. Now, here's uh, Mayor Jim Langfelder talking about the money and uh, some of the various aspects that uh, need to be uh, considered when discussing how to use resources to address homelessness. So the $1.2 million never gets caught up on the facilities, which I understand. Um, and the option we have right now is the adult rehab center. It was used for that purpose. But the whole process is the safety net program or whatever we want to call it. We can call it overflow. But really, how do we get the individuals off the streets and into supportive housing? Rapid rehousing, I'm all for it. But you have to have the supportive services. Yeah, the service is definitely important. More from the mayor. I don't care what it takes. We heard businesses talk about it. Everybody talks about it the time for actions now and that's why we brought the ordinance forward now the ordinance apparently going to be uh, held back uh, a week or so just to get more details and to have everybody at the table for these discussions but what are some of the needs out there two things one was uh, we have to have a home reach uh, i'm sorry a homeless outreach services team that includes uh, all the available resources for mental health experts uh, our own that we're funding it'd be a qualified civilian if police need to be called into that process or whatever that uh, outreach services team is on a daily basis to create the uh, profile that you're working towards the app. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, there was a, an element within the Springfield Police Department that was kind of acting as a bit of, uh, you know, uh, effort to assist those who are experiencing homelessness. But if there aren't services available, it's kind of hard to to assist those. Uh, then you have the idea of bringing somebody uh, from the, the private sector in to help uh, develop those resources and to do kind of individualized care uh, to lay out the various opportunities that there are. Uh, so these are all just different, you know, entities coming together, uh, an amalgamation of sorts uh, with a continuum 
Home of Care and the Salvation Army and various other types of organizations and non-governmental organizations that are uh, working to try to provide the best services they can uh, because it's a serious issue. Uh, it's it's not just uh, the, the important concern of somebody's uh, physical and mental health when they're experiencing homelessness. It's also the impacts on local businesses. It's the impacts on tourists. It's the impacts on those who work in downtown Springfield. It's the impacts on infrastructure. It's the impacts on crime. It's the Im- You can see how this is such an important issue. And since there's so many facets, it's so difficult to actually fully address it and to provide for that uh, that that best approach forward. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, a passion. There's a lot of concern. There's a lot of uh, serious issues that need to be tackled and how to best do that without just throwing a bunch of money at it. But money is part of it as well. And how do we share those costs with all the different government agencies that take tax dollars? We'd put up $2 million. The county should put up a $1 million. Capital Township should put up a $1 million. And there's other uh, funders that can put up the money. And so it's a matter of how do we... Uh, Now's the time to do it because everybody's talking about American Rescue Plan dollars. Uh, we have CDBG funds, home funds. Now's the time to make it happen. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Uh, here's uh, the the organizer from the Continuum of Care. There's no such thing as rapid rehousing or permanent supportive housing without supportive services. Those are a part of those programs. And the issue that we've run into year over year, we create more emergency shelter. Emergency shelter does not end homelessness. It's an important intervention. It can keep people safe in the midst of a cold winter or a hot summer. Uh, But we don't end homelessness without more supportive housing like rapid rehousing and permanent supportive housing. So we'll likely hear a lot more about that conversation next week as well. Uh, Now we revisit this from earlier in last night's Committee of the Whole. So again, that was uh, some AFSCME members uh, heading to the council meeting last night, interrupting the meeting, saying that they want a fair contract, in their words, that uh, they want more of their money, uh, they want uh, raises, and so on. Uh, Now we, later in the council meeting, have uh, a little bit of an update here as to where things are at. Alderman Chuck Redpath asking, with all the different unions that are involved with city government, uh, where are we at on these contract negotiations? We understand that that's uh, that's still in the, the process, and I believe another contract with IBEW is in, in the process too. Could you can you tell us where we are on those corporation councils? So we can so we know what's going on. So here's Corporation Council Jim Zirkel. He probably requested like 300 changes to the contract, um, and so there's been a sub to the three contracts, about 100 each, uh, and we've talked about that and. We've made good progress on basically all of the non-economic issues. So progress being made when there's no money involved. There's always money involved. I mean, come on, let's face it. Uh, here's Corporation Council Zirkel. There is a, uh, a little bit of a uh, difference of view in terms of where the city's been, at least historically, around that 2% range. And there are many multiples, you know, many multiples of that. But you do have in your email basically a complete breakdown of all of the uh, information just so you can be brought up to speed. And he also said that there's uh, an indication that some want to have uh, like a tier type system with steps. And a lot of you state employees know all about the steps. For those in the private sector, 
I've had people try to explain the steps to me, and it just it goes right over my head. My eyes start to gloss over. I'm like, is this based on merit? Is, is this based off your performance? And apparently not. Apparently, it's based off of you know how much time you've spent there. It's just I don't know. It's just, you you and you and step A C A five D seven. What step are you in? And what percentage do you get? I did it. Uh, <laughs> I need a flow chart to help, to help me understand that because there's nothing like that in the private sector. I mean, let's just say there's nothing like that in the private sector. The private sector is based off of merit, and if you don't perform, then you're just not going to advance. I mean, that's you gotta you gotta you gotta meet certain standards and perform and 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 move forward in a career in that fashion. Um, but regardless, uh, the mayor talking about how uh, he wants to keep things cordial, he wants to keep the discussions going, but it's difficult to do that sometimes. People take vacation, and it wasn't the administration taking vacation. Then they come back, and this is the treatment. Let's remind people, no furloughs, no layoffs. When people thought we would, we tightened our belt from day one, and we saved the city's budget. The mayor says there's costs all over the place that they have to consider. How do you make sure that Springfield addresses the bills of sewers and uh, you know, water? How do you make sure you have those important infrastructure so we can grow? It's not just that. And it's also another economic factor that plays into these negotiations. And it's just not the salary increases. It's the pensions. And so we all know that is still looming out there. Um, I'm sure Alderman McMinimum will remind us nope. come uh, budget time as well as uh, Director McCarty, but that's where we need to make common sense approach moving forward. Everybody wants a fair contract. There's been no ill will. There's not been a best and final offer, I do not believe. Correct? No, that is correct. Right. So they're moving forward. So contract negotiations ongoing, how they best tackle it and get all a fair contract for everybody. Uh, and by everybody, I mean not just the employees, but for the taxpayers as well, uh, who are footing the bill for all of this, for all of government. Uh, and it's something that uh, you know, when you hear the term fair contract, you have to make sure that it's fair for everybody involved, taxpayers and public employees alike. Uh Alderman Hanauer uh, raising concerns about just costs in general. Before we got all the COVID money and everything, we were spending about what it was around five million dollars a year uh, out of fund balance to get our get our budget balanced. And if we continue in that process going forward, we can give all the contracts we want. We can give all the raises we want. But we'll be broke as anything. Yeah, he says uh, one thing that they obviously are looking at is the fire department. And they restored, what, $1.4 million in reductions with some COVID relief money. Uh, but he says that uh, there's still going to be an issue with uh, uh, the overtime costs, he anticipates. They're going to come in with problems. I'm betting, I'm betting it'll be over half a million dollars. I'll bet you it's going to be closer to eight hundred, nine hundred thousand dollars $900,000 in overtime this year. Yeah. Woof. And that's coming out of fund balance. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot of money. Um, he also says that we need to be prudent with federal resources. We got We need to see it. it. It needs to be something tangible, or we might as well just have one hell of a fireworks show and, and burn it all up because we won't have anything to see from it. That'd be one heck of a party. <laughs> we spent $33 million on fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, how long of a firework display would that be? 
Yeah, would that would that be like a, a five hour long fireworks display? Or yeah, I don't think people would really like that too much. I think after the first thirty minutes, people are like, "All right, get it over with." Um, meanwhile, uh, put that conversation to the side. Of course, we'll hear more about that, I'm sure. Uh, but something that's always a constant uh, discussion point is how to best attract people to the city, how to best attract not just uh, you know more people living in the city of Springfield, but businesses, right? Because if you don't have businesses, then people aren't working and they're not going to be living in the city. Uh, Alderwoman DeCenso being a cheerleader for the city, saying we need to focus on that. Let's talk about what we could bring to the city. Rivian just has a new a, a new plant that they're talking about bringing in. It brought 3,000 jobs to Bloomington Normal. What are we doing? What are we doing to get businesses to come to Springfield? That's where, so, so we want to talk about, you know, we don't have to talk about raising taxes or raising property taxes. Let's talk about where the city is going. Because I'm tired of talking about where we've been. Let's talk about where we're going. She said that uh, she wasn't a cheerleader in high school. She was a pom-pom girl. But still, uh, important to, to be that kind of uh, person heralding the greatness of the city. Uh, something else last night, Hunter Lake. Uh, they're looking for some comments to send to the uh, Army Corps of Engineers. So if anyone out there wants to make comments pro-Lake 2 or against Lake 2, they should direct those comments to the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. And uh, you can find that contact info elsewhere. And Mayor Jim Langfelder saying that uh, Lake 2 is extremely important to have that resource as a backup water supply. Uh, as a primary option, uh, especially if we're going to be attracting more businesses to the capital city. That's your Council Roundup, brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west.